Packing punches is episode nine. It's me, Scott Finley, and as ever, I'm joined by Ben Bexhide. Ben, how are you, mate? I'm really good, mate. Really, really good. A nice, uh, nice little change in the weather. It's got a little bit cooler for those people that can't handle the heat. Yes, the um, the northern base of us. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> and we've got a little bit of a busy weekend this week, which is a shit to have two cards on one night again. Yep, same but old. Nice, but nice to have some some British interest. So what's, what's caught your eye this week, mate? You muted look- yourself. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Savannah Marshall fight. Um, I, I feel like it's a great one for her to come back after the Shields fight. Um, Shields is going to be very tough to beat for the foreseeable. So to get this uh, unification fight straight away, uh, I think she seems confident and it'll be good to get some bouts around her and uh, enjoy herself. I, I feel like it's a, I feel like she can get her out of there as well. Um, I'm going for a KO. I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. Well, I'd be kind of torn. I actually, I spoke to Franchon very briefly last week when she arrived in the UK on Instagram and uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't fancy telling her to her face that I thought she was going to lose. But, they they both have a common defeat on their record. They only have one defeat each, and that's both to Clarissa Shields. That was actually Franchon's debut. Their debut was against Clarissa Shields. It's mad, isn't it? Which is, yeah, which is incredible. She's a completely different style of boxer from Shields. She's a, a brawler. She's a little bit shorter than Savannah. She'll come forward. She'll try and get under Savannah's jab. She's going to have to box her head off, I think, to get this mm-hmm. through. And if there is a stoppage, which I would love to see, I don't think it's early. I think no, no. I think it's late. I think she breaks her down. Um, and possibly, I mean, Franchon's a fantastic athlete. She may tire herself out going looking for Savannah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's got to get behind the jab to unsettle Savannah. And I'm, I don't know if that's really her style. Well, no, I don't... from what I've watched of her, it's definitely not. So, um, d- depends if she wants to actually box and not get into a war because I don't think she'll come out of that successful. No, she, I mean, yeah, her, her brawling style is made for Savannah, really. Yeah, it's made for her to just keep on the back foot, ping that long jab out, and then once you throw the one double jab, strike through with the right hand, and yeah, the, you know, it could be could be trouble for Franchon. Um, it was great, all, all the stuff they've been doing this week with the face-offs and the gloves are off and that is, is brilliant. She's she's really good at all of that side of stuff, Franchon. And she does it without pissing people off, which is unlike Clarissa Shields, because mm-hmm. she just tends to come off as unlikable when she does it. But what what she won't be able to do to Savannah is what Clarissa did to her is just completely nullify Savannah's attributes. And what Clarissa did on uh, October 23rd last year, whatever day it was, was incredible. It, yeah. the, to watch the footwork and that up close, it was incredible. But yeah, but I, I agree. I don't I don't see that happening. And I'm probably going to say round eight, I think Savannah might get to her and stop her. It would be good. It'd be good to see. 
Um, what's what's caught your eye this weekend? Well, they've had the um, some fantastic news for Sandy Ryan that's really caught my eye that she's been signed to fight Jessica McCaskill for a unification of the welterweight division. The WBC, WBA, IBO, and ring titles all on the same same fight. No date or venue confirmed as yet, but the fight is signed by both of them. I think it's could be a little early for Sandy. They did step her up quite early in her career when she come unstuck against a really tough Argentinian who's, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. But I, I think that's a real great shout for her. The other title to stop, I mean, obviously this is unified. The title that's missing that would make this an undisputed fight is the IBF welter, which is vacant, which is Natasha Jonas is fighting for this weekend in a bid to become a two-weight world champion. Um, I don't know if you've seen a lot of this in the build-up. I've been made to feel very uncomfortable with some of the comments that Joe Gallagher's been making regarding Tasha's career, saying he wants her to retire. He thinks, you know, she's she's done enough and this, that, and the other. It does for me, it does not sound like what I would want to hear from my coach if I'm going into a vacant title fight against a tough Canadian with a good amateur background. It and and seeing him in the face off, Tasha's very smiley, she's all laughing, oh, isn't this awkward when they make us, you know, stare each other in the face. I'm not liking the look of it for Tash. I, I personally think it's the first time that she's felt relaxed and felt the A side of it. Um, because she was always the, the like working hard to get these fights. It always oh, Jonas is in the background. And now she started to obviously get the title and get the fights. She is kind of the, the A side. So at 37, it's kind of maybe a little too late, but um is, is Joe Gallagher just trying to take the pressure off? I don't know, but it's very weird comments to make. Um, I mean, obviously we all want Jonas to win, but um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre, but Joe Gallagher has got a little bizarre of late. Some of the, some of the things he says as for um, Sandy Ryan, I think it was for Reyes that she lost to. And then uh, she avenged the, uh, that loss straight away. She did avenge it straight away. Yeah. Sure. yeah with a, I think it was a unanimous decision on that one as well. So mm. um, if she wins, all, all nice and yet lardy da we won't say it's too soon. But honestly, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's a tough fight, but it's a good fight. <laughs> and it's the women are the ones that are fighting, aren't they? They're not shying off and not, not taking the fight. So. No, I think Chantel Cameron did quite a good job on Jessica McCaskill. And um, that was, I think that's probably the blueprint for Sandy Ryan. Um, it's probably one of the most vicious body punches I've ever seen in women's boxing. She's like Ricky Hatton when she goes to the body. It's, it's vicious. Um, and then, yeah, back to Jonas. I, I think there's only one other time, I think, where Jonas has felt like the A-side and had the confidence. And that was the Vivian Obanoff fight when she went in there and got knocked out in the first round. So that's that's my worry with, with Tash this weekend. I really, really do hope she do, she does it because what it does for Tash is set up that literally the world is at her feet if she wins this fight. Because then we've got the Ryan McCaskill fight, as we've just been talking about, and the winner of that is going to want a shot at the winner of this because that's that makes it undisputed. But then Tash can step back down to the weight division where she's already holding two belts 
and try and go for undisputed there. So if Tash wins Saturday night, the world is absolutely at our feet. Definitely. Which is, uh, I, I, it will be great to see. 100%, yeah, I agree. But there is another test in inverted commas on this card for Ben Whitaker. <laughs> this is probably his hardest fight. Uh, Belovsky, uh, I think it's Belovsky. Might be, might be Belovsky, but I'm not too hot. On the, <laughs> well, you're uh, trying to twang as well here, aren't you? Names. Believe <laughs> um, he lost on points to Jack Cullen. That's kind of his only real experience with with British fighters. Jack Cullen is levels and levels and levels below Ben Whitaker, so I can't see it being. I can't see it going the distance. I think Ben breaks him down and stops him in the first four. Yeah. Well. Ben needs a test, doesn't he? I know he's only bloody what's this his fourth professional. Um, but like the last one was well, the guy was late notice, weren't he? It wasn't a test and it doesn't do him any good. He and uh, we all want to see him get a slap on the, the face, don't we? His chin. We do want to see it. We do want to see him get hit. <laughs> Not saying we want to see him get beat, but we want to see him in a fight. So I want to see it tested. I want to yeah. see it tested. I want to just, see can he take just it. Just keep walking up those steps. Um, there's no point in putting him in with anything that could be dangerous. So yeah, up, up the steps. I'm sure we'll still see the showboat in, but I'm glad he's back out because seems to be no issues with the injury that he had that he came back from. So it's good to see him because what was it? Two? No, it's it, yeah. It's not even two months, is it, since he fought? It might have been. Every, every day goes into one at the moment. But, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Let's no, get the get let's his get the trajectory. And he had about four or five months off. Yeah. Yeah. Get the trajectory. Yeah, good to, and he's got, he's got to be he's got to be out reg, regular, isn't he? He's got to yes. be out regular. So, yeah, as regular as he can. And to be fair, obviously, it's, you don't want to give him anything too dangerous, but he's got to be made to work for these wins. Because then once he gets up to... European level, then there's going to be some some tests, especially in that light heavyweight division. Uh, another one on that card. I think personally, this fight could steal the the card. Zach Chelly against Mark Jeffers. You like Chelly, the don't original you? opponent Mark Heffron. I think oh, I've got a lot of time for Zach Chelly. A lot of time. The kid is vicious. The years, oh God, say it's years ago now. It was during COVID. He fought Jack Cullen in the uh, the fight camps. In a match from Square Garden, got given a very dubious draw when, in, for me, he won it quite clearly. Jack's face was a, was battered; it was cuts all over the shop. He's he hits so hard. His only downfall, I think, is a little bit of patience. He seems to go gun ho. The accuracy drops a little bit. Power's all there, but the accuracy isn't. If he was to just take his time and break his shots down, select the shots a little bit more carefully, I think we'd see quite a lot of vicious stoppages in, in Chelly's Chelly's career. This was supposed to be an eliminator, I think, for the European title. I don't think that is on the line anymore after Heffron pulled out. No, it's not. It's not. But still, still, I think it's a good fight. Mark Jeffers is 15-0. and 0. He's a pretty good test. But, yeah, I don't think he's good enough to beat Chelly. Uh, and I'd, I'd take Chelly to win probably first half of the fight. I'd imagine he might knock him down once or twice. Jeffers is a Jeffers is a tough kid. He'll he'll keep getting up. I 
think it'll be a bit later than that. Uh, the only the only issue I have with with this fighting card is no one's talking about it. No one said a word, and I don't know yeah. who it was. It was uh, I think it was Boxing King- Kingdom were talking about YouTube views on fighters interviews and promoter interviews where a couple of years ago they were getting into near enough like the high hundred of thousands and it's decreased by about 60 70 percent and these fighters need that interaction and people talking about like we do we want to talk about everyone Mm. and these guys are struggling because the heavyweights aren't fighting and it's trickling down because people are losing interest you want the casuals they want to see heavyweights so i think as a whole these promoters need to stop talking and start doing stuff and getting fights made and and then we would talk more about yeah and it's a shame because they shouldn't have to rely on other people but that's the boxing world yeah, because I mean, this kid is is British, Tunisian, Italian. It's a, he should have three countries in his corner. Yeah, but as you say, the the game as a whole is at the mercy of its its uh, you know its prize fighter division, its its gold standard division, which isn't doing anything at the moment. It's I mean, we have had a, an announcement this week with regards to Joe Joyce. He's yep. going to do an immediate rematch against Jilly Zhang, uh, September twenty third. O2 Arena, I believe. What are you thinking? It's definitely London. Bad, bad decision for Joyce, I think. I've I've seen Joyce twice live. Doesn't move his head. Doesn't matter who he's fighting. It doesn't move his head. And Zhang just could not miss with that straight backhand. I wanted to... As tough as he is, I can't... I wanted to hear from Joyce and he suddenly kind of found a voice but it's a voice that isn't a confident one he can't deal with questions put at him and he he put himself down in when Simon Jordan questioned why he was going back into this fight and people say about Simon Jordan Simon Jordan will never back down from voicing his opinion I mean he said it about Derek Chisora not being an elite fighter he said to Joyce why are you taking this fight what are you doing you weren't very good in the first fight. Why are you going straight back into it? He says, you didn't move your head. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And Joyce was like, well, I came in light. And he was questioning why he came in light. And he went, well, I was just eating like normal and doing like normal. So there was no there was no reason why he should have came in light. He just came in light. It wasn't the plan to come in light. So, and then he was like, yeah, I need to move my head. Well, you've not moved your head. In 38 years to being on the planet. So, what changes? And we all like Joyce, the British public like Joyce, but I don't understand why is he not talk a fight with a Southpaw of a lesser calibre just to get used to it a little bit more? To go straight back into it. And you yeah. see Frank Warren sitting next to him, just offering nothing. I'm, I'm worried about him. And look, God forbid, I hope he comes through and does it. But, you know, I don't see anything different happening. He said it was his eye that stopped the fight, not his heart. Not He weren't going to get knocked out. He's just going to go after your eye again. You don't control how your eye works. Oh, yeah. 
So I'm I'm worried. Um, no, I don't get it, mate. No, I can understand from a fight's point of view. You get beat. You want to go. You want to go and right the wrong straight away. But this one doesn't make any sense for me. It's I think it's a uh, and and <clears throat> the loser if Joe Joyce loses again. Uh, was he thirty-seven? Yeah, for he's, he's not yeah, yeah. Back to the top level. No, he's not. Yeah, if he loses, I know he he waited a long time, didn't he, in the amateurs before before he turned over. Um, but yeah, yeah, if he loses to Zhang again, he's not getting back to that top level, and and I can see that happening. I don't, the problem is, I can't think of a decent level southpaw to use for sparring, let alone a lower level one to get a good good fight against. Is, I mean, how do you prepare for a six foot nine, 20 stone southpaw? I mean, the, the only person is probably Tyson Fury to come down and spar southpaw for you. <laughs> oh, um, but I don't know. The, the guys I would think to spar would probably be retired fighters. I, I, no, I have not got an answer. Um, yeah, because who is out? So maybe, there? maybe that was the problem. Maybe they couldn't get effective sparring. Because if it's not effective sparring, and you go in there and you, because it's southpaws, it's all wrong. It's all backwards. It's they're a nightmare, absolute nightmare. Oh, I give the left hand. I I learned right. to switch hit because it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like Mickey said in Rocky One, it should be outlawed. I, I I learned to switch it just to take that element out of it. So if you fight a southpaw, they haven't got that one weapon over you. And I mean, well, I've, if you can get fighters that can switch it and can fight entire rounds, entire fights in the other stance, that would be helpful. Maybe that's what they need to teach Joe. Just teach him the basics of fighting a southpaw and do to do a Rocky, you know, turn up against Apollo Creed, you know, swap your hands. You know, if he turns up against Zhili Zhang and walks out of his right hand and his right foot forward, they're going to go, whoa. <laughs> but, you know... Yeah, <sighs> that happening, to be fair. And like, what's David Hay up to? What is he up to? Uh, and he, he having, like, some sort of open relationship in the Caribbean? <laughs> Does he not fancy some sparring? I don't know. Because... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have egg on my face. David Hay's a southpaw, isn't he? Have I made it up? No, he's not. Is he not? He's an orthodox. Well, why did I think he was a sample? Yeah, he's orthodox. Oh, okay. I'll start to touch it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then he defeated Value F. But he, he was. Yeah, he was. He's and he was Joe's manager when Joe turned pro. He, mm. he was haymaker fighter. Yeah. Get the band back together. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't know I no, yeah. I think it's 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 a dangerous fight. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember ever fighting left-handed. Not even under Adam Booth. But, yeah, I did a left-handed David Hay. That would have been interesting. <laughs> the way he went after people. He was he was like a shark smelling blood in the water when he nearly finished someone. Yeah, he did, yeah. That's true. But, yeah, no, dangerous fight for Joe. Want to see him come through it, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly sure. Um, also that night, um, September 23rd, at York Hall, Brad Pauls has got a shot of the English middleweight title, which is more 
he's based at, he's Cornish lad, but he's based in Essex. So that's more for us down here. We're we're happy that Brad's got another shot of the English at your call at night. Uh back to that Saturday night card then. So the Chelly one, we're both going for a Chelly knockout. Yes. yes. Yeah. Lovely. We didn't actually give a prediction on Jonas against Candy Wyatt. Split I'm going to be upset on this. I'm I'm going to say Candy Wyatt's going to to Jonas. You're, you're you've been influenced by Mr. Gallagher. I'm going for split decision. Jonas. I'm going to go for Candy Wyatt by stoppage. Ooh. Get down that books. I'm, I'm, and that's the, I'll put my I'll, I'll share my accumulator on Twitter tomorrow night. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not accepting any responsibility if none of them come in. If anyone anyone follows my tips, uh, another women's fight on that card that has set fire in the last couple of days is the rematch between April Hunter and Kirsty Babington. Social media is alive with talks of this fight. April Hunter kind of come to the fores because she she was Joe Law's mate when Joe Law's kind of got a bit popular. Mm-hmm. And then April Hunter came up in the background. Kirsty Babington, obviously, the last time we see her out, she was extremely schooled by Lauren Price in the first women's British title fight. Yeah. Um. So th- this is more her level. Ironically, for me, this should be a British title fight. I agree. Lauren Price was all, all, always too good for that for that level. So yeah, this should be a title fight. But yeah, their their previous fight was uh, was won by Kirsty on points. Uh, April's had a couple of points wins since. Uh, I don't think Kirsty's been back out since she was defeated by Lauren. No, I don't think so. No, she hasn't. And her no, and her previous defeat. Kirsty Babington was to Candy Wyatt, who's fighting Natasha Jonas. It's all going on. And, and Sandy Ryan, you know, so she, yeah, she's been in with, you know, real good caliber. And and I think April Hunter thinks herself quite a way above Kirsty. And I think she could be in for a shock again on, on Saturday night. Oh, she's got absolutely win on points. nothing to lose, has she? So, um, I wouldn't mind. I'm, 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 I'm cheeky, cheeky Kirsty win on this one. Mm. Yeah, I, I reckon a uh, pride uh, not on the cards. Pride. Yeah, a pride might have been a little dented in the British title fight, even though she was the underdog, and it wasn't the greatest of performance mm. by herself. So she, yeah, she didn't no. land a punch. No, no, she, yeah, she didn't land a punch, did she, against Lauren no. Price? So and, she'll and be one to poor girl and her kidnicks. Oh. Great. Yeah. Yeah, the poor girl had her kit nicked after the fight. So she's got it back, but <clears throat> yeah, not ideal for her. One of the early fights in that card, they've not released who's on what just yet, so we don't know what's on before the bell and what's on the main Sky show. It's a really, really interesting British super middleweight clash between Callum Simpson and Boris Crichton. Not not names that would be you know massively recognisable to the, the casual boxing fan or or whatnot, but super middleweights is one of them divisions where they've got everything. They've got the speed, they've got the power. They 
this 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 fight for me is going to be absolute fireworks. There's a little bit of needle between the two boys as well, which I like. Um, Boris Crichton has been in with the likes of Lyndon Arthur this year. He's done a little bit of stuff at light heavy. So obviously it's a, it's, it's a large gap between the you know the the weight categories once you go beyond light heavy. So there's the you know, it's about six pound between the super middle and the light heavy. Um, but yeah, I fancy fireworks. I've seen Simpson before. He's he's currently sitting at eleven and zero with nine knockouts. Boris at eleven and three with seven knockouts. I fancy a Simpson knockout in this one. That would be nice. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, do you know what super middleweight division and the middleweight division is? We've got an abundance of fighters, so the, there's fights to be made. Mm. So if you catch the eye, promoters are going to put you on. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. Yeah, but it's a very average weight division, isn't it? Of of, of you know a fit athletic man to weigh somewhere between twelve and a half stone mm. down to twelve stone is quite a an average weight. So we are you know, blessed with many, many fighters at that weight division. No, you say it's average. I'm, I'm not kidding. sure. <laughs> I am on Slimming World. It was though. average for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is all a con, mate, Slimming World. That is all a con. I, I lost t- £10 last week. Just, be, well, I... Is it? Oh, they they want to put you on the front of the magazine then, mate. Well, they, of course they do. Yeah, No, no it did. But I, I did, to be honest. I did it a couple of years ago, and I lost uh, just under two stones. So yeah. you did during lockdown, didn't you? You lost, yeah. lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Then I put it all back on. Yeah, I've only ever done it in training camp. Yeah, I I have now. I've only I've only ever done it in training camp to to make a weight. Um, I always found it easier when you actually have a target that you're yeah for. yeah, and. Uh, that makes it a lot easier to not eat a chocolate croissant on the way to work mm. in the morning. Is this where we announce our sponsorship deal with uh, Film World? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I don't think that they promote exercise, though, do they? Nah, I don't. I don't do it. The missus tells me what I can eat, and that's it. Yep, yeah, you know what? I mean, all fairness, I, I, I don't think I've mentioned it on here. I'm, obviously, I've been a fighter, so I've been to training and whatnot. I'm a, a level three personal trainer and a level one boxing coach, but my wife's also a personal trainer and a nutritionist and a training life coach. I get a calorie counted lunch packed for me daily. So it's, um, yeah, it's not too bad. I don't mind eating the same thing every day. I don't get bored. I'm the same. I'm the same. Because I'm not very adventurous with food. Yeah, I'm not very adventurous with food, so I don't get bored. And I do see a lot of the guys now, especially like the um, the lower weights, like the, the the blokes that are making like super bantam and feather and you know, down at like eight and a half, nine stone. And then, meal, I mean, generally they're quite small guys. But the meal preps where it's just like chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli. And a rice cake. Oh, my God. It must get boring. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite partial to a rice cake, a bit of peanut butter. <laughs> Livens it up a little bit. Get that protein, get that protein peanut butter, and get all that in there. But, um, anyway, if anyone's yeah, listening I, I, and they want I some slimming world tips, uh, just hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I was, anyone who wants weight loss tips, don't ask boxers. We lose <laughs> weight the worst possible way, <laughs> starving ourselves and overextended exercise. 
Shall we? Shall we get back to the books? Get on the scales and all like. Yeah, yeah. Why not? So there's another card Saturday night as well. Uh, a design card, uh, which I think has been tagged as a next gen, if they still call them that. Um, and I believe I will just double check as to what this is for. I think the main fight between it's in in Sheffield at Sheffield Arena. And I think the main fight between Sheffield's Dalton Smith and then Sam Maxwell is Sam Maxwell's Birmingham lad, isn't he? Yep. I think it's an eliminator for something, but I don't quite remember what. But there are, as we said, we briefly said last week about this fight, obviously Dalton Smith is one of the top prospects in the UK. He's a fantastic lightweight fighter. So, uh, to, uh, super lightweight, beg my pardon. Um, Sam Maxwell is a really good fighter, really a hard guy. And if you, if the name sounds familiar, it'll be from a fight that he had. I think it was on a BT show where he was losing quite heavily throughout the fight. And in the 12th round, he was being goaded and, uh, and mocked by his opponent, uh, who he then smash the granny out of with a one punch knockout. I think it was that uh, was that Key Menace Brown? Was that that fight? No. Connor Parker. I've got a few I've got the few, few of the names down there. I can't pinpoint which one it was. But yeah, a fantastic victory that was for Sam. That kind of shot him up into the into the main thing. So this is for Dalton's British super light belt. And it's also for the Commonwealth super light belt. So a couple of belts on the line there. I know Dalton's looking at um, going undisputed with the British. Obviously, you win it three times. You get to keep that beautiful Robert Lonsdale belt and hang it in your pride of place. I think this is a really, really interesting fight. But I'm yet to see a fighter that can deal with Dalton's skill level because it's immense. Mm. I think Maxwell's from London, actually. Is he not? Is he not London? Or was he based in Birmingham? Um, I'll tell you what. Yeah, he's a, he's a Londoner, but he's based in Liverpool. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. I think this is a easy, not an easy win, but a comfortable win for Dalton Smith. Um, I think it'll be entertaining. I think Maxwell will come out. Guns blazing, and uh, Dalton will eventually pick him off. Uh, I don't think it's a great card. Uh, Sheffield Arena, it's a good venue. Uh, they, I think the last one there was probably Calm Brook, which wasn't a great card either. Uh, I, I feel like... Uh, yeah, I think that was in Manchester, wasn't it? What? Calm Brook, that was Manchester, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, Maybe. So. Oh, okay. But you're right. Well, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a great card. Yeah. Well, Sheffield Arena's best for ice hockey, surely. Yeah, exactly. No, I I think the card's crap. <laughs> I I do, and it's laziness because yeah. we keep having these two fight cards in one night stuff malarkey, and um, boxing needs to wake up a little bit. I wouldn't want to pay money yeah, to I mean, go to this over the last couple of weeks. Now, where we've had these clashing fight cards, we've been doing, you know, having a TV and an iPad and, and everything on the go. I won't be doing that this Saturday. 
I'll be watching the boxer show on Sky and I'll be catching up with with the other fights that I want to see. Because like you say, it's not a fantastic card. Which is a bit I think it's actually more it points the finger at the matchroom stable is depleting. Rather than growing with young British talent, it's depleting. Matchroom are very focused on their worldwide spread at the moment, particularly America, Mexico, Italy, places like that. There's a lot of young Brits that would have turned over and been gagging to sign with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. They're now not. They're um, they're going elsewhere. So, yeah, it's not a great card. Hopi Price is another good fight on there. Um, Pat McCormack, Tony Dixon's a good even fight. But, yeah, it's, it's not pulling up any trees. And ticket-wise, I don't think it's done particularly well. What's in there is just going to be Dalton Smith fans, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's um, a big old arena. But similar to the... Yeah, but similar with the Marshall uh, Cruise Zone card, I heard the other day that 20K Arena, they've only sold 2.5K tickets. What can you say is, about that? It is poor... I think you can point fingers at promoters, uh, the the cost of the tickets and whatnot. You know, money's tight everywhere at the moment. People haven't got you know spare money to because you're not talking, you know, just you know fifty to a hundred quid for a ticket. You're then talking travel, having a drink, having something to eat, maybe a night over if you if you're traveling. These are expensive nights out now. Yeah, um, admittedly they've got to be of a certain price because these these people, these athletes are literally putting their lives on the line for the sake of our entertainment for their own glory, but for our entertainment. So they deserve to be paid well for it. But it's at some point there's, there's got to become a compromise. I mean, even if you, if you don't want to go to the shows because they are expensive to go to, if you want to watch it at home, you've got to be paying 20 quid a month for sky. You've got to be paying 20 quid a month for the zone and 15 quid a month for, BT or TNT, whatever box they're calling themselves this week. Now, this is to follow sport in general is expensive. I mean, you and I follow ice hockey. Season tickets for that are expensive enough. It's uh, yeah, something's got to give somewhere. Otherwise, yeah. we're, we're going to end up with the sport dwindling. Yeah, it is in a. Yeah, it's going to dwindle. Like it's not saying, in a great state, at the especially moment, if the heavyweights don't get fighting. Yeah. No. And. Talk like yeah, and if the heavyweights don't get fighting and get the interest going, then yeah, like you said, I think you said earlier, people are going to lose interest in the sport entirely. Yeah, and I think, well, mm. there's a the first time that WWE are in the UK tomorrow for a pay per view as well. Uh, people are going to be watching that, and I know it's. It's a matter. I know I, I, people. Yeah. People. I know wrestling. You either like wrestling or you hate wrestling. There's no in between. But there's a lot of people that watch WWE in the country, and they're going to tune into that because they can watch it at seven pm. Yeah, I didn't even know that was here, but I suppose I don't follow them. Yeah, it's at the O2. Channels about. Well, I'm not, not. Not. Yeah. Not. Not a fan. So it's. Yeah, and I'm sure that's probably a sellout as well. But then. Well, the ticket That's... price is reasonable. No, ticket prices were high, sold out in minutes. So, you know, yeah. 
Because there's a buzz. I know you don't the like. The appetite is there. Because there's a buzz about WWE at the moment. They've really upped their game. And I know it's fake and that, but it's entertainment. Mm. So, because uh, they've done what they're doing well, it's like when Matchroom was doing really well. Everyone wanted tickets. Now Matchroom and boxing is on a slump, and the sports are taking a a, a precedent over. So. Uh, yeah, if boxing will bury their heads in the sand, then we will continue with these undersold cards. But then the cards need to be better. Yeah. And I was, what is it about uh, Anthony Fowler tweeted the other day that when he had his uh, his baby and I think it was a couple of weeks old and he got offered six figures to fight and he just thought, no, nah, do you know what? Don't need it. Don't want to. Not getting a, not going to get anything out of it, that is, which is bizarre. Yeah. So it's the same. No, but anyway, should we, um, should we yeah. briefly touch on uh, considering we slagged the heavyweights? Uh, Tyson Fury is saying he's fighting. Frank Warren was on Talk Sport saying he will get out. He will fight. I can't give you names. I can't give you dates. But he's calling everyone out on Instagram, and it's just we. And to be fair to Natalie Sawyer, she went, "The public are losing interest." It, and Frank Warren's re- response was, "Nah, if Tyson fights, everything will be okay." Yeah, I'd heard that the other day. I think it might. It was Natalie Sawyer and Simon Jordan, not when Frank was on there. I actually, unfortunately, I missed the, the boxing hour yesterday on there. But yeah, I heard her say that. Yeah, you know, people are losing interest, and Simon said. They're just hoping that when he gets a fight that and people see him fight again, the love will come back, the interest will come back. And I mean he did it, he shocked me with the the Wembley fight and the Tottenham fight that they sold out because I underestimated his popularity, particularly with casual fans. But it's it's something where I, I was gonna touch on just briefly, obviously, with the heavyweights not doing this. Boxing is split into levels. And where you've got your, you know, we're talking the top echelon with the heavyweight champions. So they can put their show on wherever they like and they can virtually charge what they like and it will sell. But it's, if you look at it like the pyramid of football, every Premier League game is sold out. It doesn't matter who's playing, when they're playing, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday lunchtime, it doesn't matter. They're all sold out. But the money isn't getting spread from that top echelon down the football pyramid. So when you've got your heavyweights and they're saying, oh, we're going to go and fight Saudi Arabia because I want to make a hundred million pound and they're going to build an arena that holds 10,000, but it's going to cost you 2000 pounds to get out there. And they still sell it out. And then you have these shows that take place all over the country every week, York hall, the, uh, Metro Utilita in, in Nottingham or the Magna Centre in Rotherham where uh, a fighter that I know, Nicola Hopewell, is fighting in three weeks because she got a short notice opponent. She can't sell her tickets. She can't sell enough tickets to pay for her opponent. And the problem with the whole echelon of it is, which is probably similar with, with football. I mean, the, my closest team is Colchester United, League Two. If I'm going to go and watch League Two football on a Saturday afternoon, it's going to cost 30 quid. To me, that's a rip-off. But it's the same with boxing. If you want to go and watch one of these heavyweight fights, your minimum ticket price is like 60, 70 quid, and that's the setup in the gods. Closer you get to the ring, obviously, the more expensive it goes. But these people are trying to sell a, a ticket that's not close to the ring for a small hall show for like 50, 60 quid. 
and people just haven't got it. And because the heavyweights are not fighting in in this, you know, prize fighter division, the the, the word is escaping me and it's bugging me as to what to call the, the heavyweight division because it is the the marquee, the marquee division in boxing is heavyweights, always has been. It was, every, you could stop anyone, you go back to the, the 70s and the 80s, you could stop anyone in the street who's heavyweight champion in the world and they would all be able to tell you. It's not the case anymore. And not because, like we said last week, with it being fragmented, with all the different organisations having a belt and whatnot, it's because they don't fight. They only fight once a year, if that. Now, Canelo's putting them all to shame. He's fighting three, four times a year across different weight divisions. And, you know, that's that's incredible. But, yeah, I think we need to get these guys fighting, and they need to all be fighting each other. As we, we touched briefly on Tyson last week, I feel like I'm ranting again. I had a rant about the heavyweight division last week. Tyson's legacy is awful. His resume is the worst out of the top five heavyweights in the world. 100%. He will not be considered... The, the legend and the lineal fucking god master greatness that he assumes himself to be unless he beats Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, and if necessary again, Deontay Wilder. He's, we know he's beaten him twice, got a draw with him once, regardless of what anyone else thinks, they, they're the results, so you know they're the facts. But the fact he hasn't been given a mandatory is is shocking. WBC reckon they're waiting so that he can fight Usyk because they want the undisputed. Oh yeah, bollocks! They don't want to put the world of fight in before anything else. Um, but Frank Warren. Yeah, Frank they just—they're not fighting. Frank Warren said, "It's not my fault. They've not put a mandatory in. That was his—that was his reaction. But is it hard that for was a his guy... defense to it? Yeah." Yeah, is it hard for a guy that's in silk pajamas to want to get up at five a.m. and train when he can when he can fight once a year and earn fifty million? And that's the issue we've got when we've got boys and girls yeah. trying trying to sell out a small leisure centre earning two thousand pounds when they've been in training camp and for for weeks and they're going to see about what eight hundred quid for two months work. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not good enough. It's admittedly with the heavyweights, like I said, they're more than anyone else, they're putting their lives on the line for the sake of entertainment, because you know, one punch in boxing from you know these monsters can can change everything. But yeah, if they're if they're not fighting regularly, and in, and I'm talking I think three times a year. They need to be fighting. That's that, that gives them a four month break between fights, two months for rest, two months for camp, and that should be enough for them. I mean, I, the, when Frank was on Talk Sports today, I said I haven't heard heard it yet. Not the whole thing. I've heard sort of little clips. People are pointing holes in his story. He, he started sort of giving. Oh, well, Joshua hasn't fought for a year. Well, Joshua fought in April, so he has he has fought this year, and as far as we know. He will fight in August. The, apparently, this Dillian White fight is very close, and that will happen August the 12th at the O2 in London. And then Eddie's saying we will get the December fight against Deontay Wilder in uh, in Saudi Arabia. So that would be Joshua fighting three times in one year. For me, it gets a big thumbs up for doing that. But yeah, Tyson, because they're not ordering a mandatory, and he doesn't seem to want to fight Usyk, because regardless of what anyone's saying for me, he's running away from Usyk. He's who's who is he going to fight? 
because if, if it's if it weren't going to be Usyk and they and it weren't going to be the mandatory because technically I think it's Deontay Wilder, then why weren't it Gilles Zhang? Mate, so uh, like, yeah. I'm just, just disillusioned. That's the only way. Just get in mm. the bloody ring or give up your bouts because there are plenty of lads that want to fight. There is indeed. I think um, one final bit of news, mate, before we kick off. It's been announced today, actually, I think in the last sort of five, six hours. Buatsi and Dan Aziz looks like it's going to be made for a WBA final eliminator. Good. I like the sound of that. That, that sounds exciting for me. It does indeed. Uh, I know who I want to win. Um, so let, let's see if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate. I've I've really enjoyed this chat. I feel like I've actually I feel like I've yeah, I yeah I love actually I love this some stuff I needed to get rid of. <laughs> love love when you get get out one. I just put myself on mute and listen to you. I love it, mate. Yeah, I don't even look at the screen sometimes. I just end up panting <laughs> the microphone. I think I'm just talking just talking to myself. But yeah, mate. So yeah, I think we've covered all of that. We'll head back next week and we'll break down everything that's happened over this weekend. And hopefully we'll have some more news from some other divisions about some more big fights coming up. Hopefully. If not, mate, we're going to have to start talking about fucking wrestling. Yeah, why not? <laughs> well then, if you can smell what The Rock is cooking, <laughs> then you can smell it. <laughs> Good night. See you next time, dude.